Welcome to the Greener Way podcast, a show about people, planet, and purpose, and how investors and corporate leaders push forward in a complex world. Welcome to the Greener Way. My name is Rosemary Petrus, and I'm the senior journalist at FS Sustainability. Today, we're talking with Gary Wyatt, Group Managing Director of Corporate Carbon. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rose. Uh, thank you for having me. Gary, what does corporate carbon do? At Corporate Carbon, we are developers of emissions reduction projects, primarily under the Australian federal government's um, scheme known as the Australian Carbon Credit Unit Scheme. There's a general lack of understanding about what carbon credits are, so let's quickly demystify the topic. What are the different types of carbon credits? And in the case of your company, what does the process of developing and bringing these projects to market look like? Sure. So, I mean, I think the first step would be just to um, identify exactly what a carbon credit is. Essentially, what it is, is it's the recognition for either avoiding a ton of greenhouse gas emitted into the atmosphere or drawing down a ton from the atmosphere. Credits are usually denominated in tons of carbon dioxide, although in reality they can also be associated with other greenhouse gases. Now, we, we develop projects to, to either draw down or uh, sequester carbon, and those can be done in a number of ways. Uh, we're, we're active across all segments of the economy. So everything from energy efficiency to transport um, to the waste sectors, but also um, significant number of projects in the land sector. So in that, it could be things like revegetation of cleared lands, um, soil carbon, or even the management of uh, savannah wildfires across the, the northern areas um, of Australia. In developing projects, normally what we would do is we'd assist, um, it could be a project owner or a third party set up a project, we would assist them with all the, all the carbon accounting and the implementation of the project so that ultimately it could be awarded a carbon credit. In, in undertaking that, we also have become the owner of a number of, number of projects ourselves. So we're quite active in the land sector. We, we've ended up owning um, a reasonably significant property portfolio on which we undertake projects um, in, in our own right. Those have tended to be revegetation projects, but more recently have been projects around the reduction of wildfires, which you know, obviously emit a significant amounts of greenhouse gases, and also the management of emissions from uh, livestock, predominantly uh, beef cattle. And obviously, that's a large source of emissions and much, much to be done in, the, in that space. Great. Thank you so much for that explanation. So, ACUs, Australian Carbon Credit Units, have kind of been in the firing line. There was an independent review recommending changes to improve transparency and confidence in the scheme. These issues are really crucial to driving investor participation. So how can these problems be overcome? You're quite right in that there has been a lot of uh, attention on ACUs over the last recent months. We think the undertaking an independent review that the government put in place, led by Professor Chuck, 
was a very good step in dealing with and resolving some of those criticisms. We would note that on the whole, um, that review found that the scheme was sound, but it did recommend a number of improvements around, mainly around its administration. And, you know, we, the, the government of the day has embraced them. And we think that there will certainly be an improvement to the operation implementation of the scheme. But, you know, the main thing in the scheme that ensures integrity is having a robust set of rules around how projects are implemented. And in the world of Carbon Talk, those rules are referred to as methodologies. So for each type of project, you know, whether it's a vegetation project or a project around transport emissions, there's a detailed set of rules that the project must follow in terms of a methodology. Now, the Trub Review looked in detail at some of those methodologies, or certainly the ones in question, and has also recommended some improvements to the methodologies, which, you know, which will go a long way to ensuring integrity in the scheme. And diving into this a bit deeper, could you explain the verification process and how that could be strengthened? Sure. So maybe just back slightly. Um, you know, to implement a project, uh, it must be done following um, these detailed set of rules or methodology. Now, there's a number of steps to ensure compliance with the methodology. The, the first is, you know, when a project is initially undertaken, it would need to be registered with the, the regulator of the scheme, which in, in this case is the Clean Energy Regulator, which is a, a, a federal body. So mm-hmm. the projects initially they're registered with the clean energy regulator. Now at that point, the regulator would review the registration and ensure that the project is being set up in such a way that it will follow the, the methodology. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's some pretty technical things like ensuring that the person or the party setting up the project actually has the right to claim the abatement that will be achieved. They have the systems and the procedures in place to implement the project, things like that. So, you know, and there's a check right up front that goes through the clean energy regulator. Then as the project is implemented, it would, after a period of time, you know, typically a year, there would be a process to claim that abatement or the carbon credits that have been achieved through that first round of implementation. For that first claim of credits, there would be an independent audit process that would look at how the project was implemented, ensured, followed all the rules, ensured that the right data has been kept in the right way. So that, you know, that project audit would be undertaken by an independent third party. It would then get reported to the clean energy regulator who would you know typically check it again to ensure that the audit was correct um, and then finally issuing issuing the credits so mm-hmm. that that really is a strong robust process there are further checks and balances built into into the the process for example the clean energy regulator at any time can undertake its own audit and typically, you know, those would be unscheduled audits that can be implemented as a, as a kind of final check um, on the project. So, you know, that's, that's a strong, robust process. In, in our experience, it's worked, worked well. Um, and we think that this is, in terms of, you know, implementation of global carbon projects, we think that the Australian scheme is probably close to, you know, very best practice. So that sounds like a really comprehensive verification process. and. To respond to one of uh, the major criticisms, 
how do you ensure that offsets are additional to existing natural assets rather than providing funding for carbon sequestration that would have happened anyway? The question of additionality is built into the design of the methodologies. And the methodology rules are designed in such a way that it considers what is usual or common practice and only awards credits or only allows projects to be undertaken where um, they're going beyond business as usual. Mm-hmm. The, the main thing in the Australian scheme is that it requires all projects to be doing something new. So there's, there's something that's called the newness test. And it really is around undertaking a new a new activity or a new implementation, and credits are only awarded to to something that's that's new. Well, Gary, you have over two decades of experience in finance. What have you learned that our listeners might find surprising or unusual about carbon as an emerging asset class? Carbon as an emerging asset class can be quite challenging in that. It's very regulatory driven and regulatory changes can introduce quite significant volatility to the carbon market. Um, And we have seen that in the past where carbon prices have really moved quite dramatically. So I would say that's probably the biggest challenge um, for for carbon markets. Mm -hmm. Now, our experience at corporate carbon is that, you know, by careful design or project implementation, risk management, this can be quite effectively managed, mm-hmm. but it does some experience, some understanding of that regulatory risk and the potential impact on prices um, certainly needs to be carefully considered by investors when you know, either investing directly in carbon credits mm-hmm. or investing in the underlying projects. And where do you see the market going with the implementation of the safeguard mechanism? Well, the safeguard mechanism has been a, fa- a fantastic improvement um, over the recent months. The fact that we now have a strong, robust framework to reduce emissions within Australia for the first time in several years is a, you know, is a great pro- policy improvement. That safeguard mechanism is likely to introduce quite significant demand for carbon credits into the future. But also, I mean, importantly, the safeguard mechanism isn't just about carbon credits. It's about emitting companies or industries doing what they can, doing the best they can to reduce their own emissions and really only falling back on the carbon credits, the use of carbon credits, where their own internal emissions reductions becomes difficult um, or hard to achieve. So it's really about those hard to abate emissions that are covered by the use of carbon credits. We think that there really is a positive outlook for credit prices though. Um, some of those hard to abate emissions really can only be dealt with at, at quite quite high prices and substantially higher than where we currently see the market, mm-hmm. which is positive for the demand for carbon credits and positive for you know the demand of credits from the type of industries that we're involved in, for example, the land sector. We've been hearing from Gary Wyatt from Corporate Carbon. Gary, thank you so much for chatting with us on the podcast today. All right, Rose, thanks, thanks a lot for your time. I'm Rosemary Petrus. Thank you for listening to The Greenaway. 
Thanks for listening to the Greener Way podcast. If you like today's show, remember to rate and review us on your podcast platform and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Any feedback? Contact us on podcast at fssustainability.com.au. I'm Rachel Allenbackis. The Greener Way podcast is a product of FS Sustainability, a show about people, the planet, and investing in our collective future. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The Greener Way podcast gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by discussing numerous financial sustainable options and our featured guests. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of The Greener Way are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. FS Sustainability operates under an Australian Financial Service License and the exemption made available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect to any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the FS Sustainability website, fssustainability.com.au.